Oh, hello, everyone. Greetings, greetings, greetings. And uh, my name is Dr. John, and welcome to Amplified Living Podcasts and today's Ask a Dr. John series. This is a series where uh, I have uh, people that submit questions or queries or inquiries or just curiosities, and, um, and they want to know some different information, something that I can share uh, based on some of the experiences that I may have had. <clears throat> so... Over the last three days, I've had some uh, inquiries regarding pain, and it seems to be a very popular topic. Uh, it comes up uh, with my patients, whether I'm treating them chiropractically or doing deep body work on them, or it comes up in uh, exercise, it comes up in fitness, it comes up in yoga practice, it comes up in relationships, it comes up everywhere. And there's all sorts and different types of pain. So what's here, here's something very uh, interesting is the last patient I just treated is a dentist and um, their entire industry revolves around your experience with them and no pain. Isn't it so interesting? And, uh, and when I'm working with her, she um, is, is uh, sort of like, oh, it hurts there, you know, and that's not, you know, that must not be good. And, and then the perspective is, is that every time that she treats somebody, it's how can I have you have the most comfortable experience possible? Uh, and I, th I find it fascinating. Uh, first of all, pain is, uh, there's a condition. There's a condition. What's the condition? I wonder if I can use Dr. Google while I'm speaking with you uh, and find the answer. What is the condition? There's a condition where people, uh, let's say disease... Uh, when people feel no pain, let's find the answer. CIP, congenital insens insensitivity to pain, and uh, congenital analgesia. Uh, and that's a rare condition and uh, cannot feel and has never felt physical pain, and uh, which is really, really interesting. So let's go s see what that is. Uh, is like let's go to, into wikipedia and when do they die that is what i want to know how long before they tend to die epidemiology or oh, there's not much information on here about that the um the actual uh condition itself when people have this condition and they cannot feel pain they don't live a very long uh amazing life like what you would think right away that, oh, they have no pain. I wish I would have no pain. But you don't because pain is useful and it's useful for so many th different things. Um, and in this condition, when someone has, and it's very rare, the numbers on that, it's hard to read and talk to you at the same time without feeling like I'm not paying attention to you. Uh, I wish I had like assistance. I need to have assistance like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, I need to borrow your assistant. Um, let's see, uh, I can't find it. Anyway, um, people who do not feel pain, they don't live very long. And the reason is, is because things that would be, let's say hot to them, they don't feel that if they get a cut or a bruise, they don't feel that if they have, um, uh, something happened to them, they don't feel that. And if they have something wrong with them, they don't feel that. So if they have a stomach upset, they don't feel that. They have uh, issues 
internally they don't feel that. And that then leads then to them not uh, taking action on potential problems and not being able to solve them. And then thereby their health diminishes and they don't live very long. Now, you don't want to be one of those people. Actually, pain is, is one of those things that there's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but since I was a kid, um, all the commercials uh, would be about take this aspirin, this ibuprofen, take this magic pill, take this other magic pill and your emotional pain will go away, take this other magic pill and your physical pain will go away, take this other magic pill and other people will go away, and uh, take this magic pill and not only will all those people and things go away, but you will gain the uh, most amazing uh, family and a house with a white picket fence and the perfect weather and you will be smiling all the time. Doesn't that seem like something that would be completely ridiculous? And in an industry, a pharmaceutical industry that is essentially there to help promote health, what is actually happening is that it's a business just like someone selling you widgets and gadgets and things and stuff and in that industry, they have to look for ways to market to you in order for you to buy their products. And if you weren't buying their products, then it wouldn't be a very good industry, would it? So the technique is, is how to, or maybe their, their, um, their mission, their company mission, I don't know. But let's just say their company mission is rid the world of pain. But is that possible? And is that necessary? And is that the what should happen? I would say no. Because pain motivates people into action. Pain is a uh, indicator. I wouldn't even say red flag. I don't even want to say a red flag. It's an indicator. It's a sensation that allows you to feel something that tells you to pay attention to something. And not something that, to pay, that you need to pay attention to may not even be in the area that you're having the pain. It just means that, hey, you need to look around. There's something going on that requires your attention. And let's get into it. Let's... Uh, explore it a little bit so that you can learn something, find out something new, um, intervene when something's happening. So you have a multi-billion dollar industry that is all about financial gain, okay, that leverages a company mission to uh, trick the planet into thinking that they are there to help and support them. Okay, so I know uh, that there is pain that people should not experience. There is, there, are, there is pain that should be removed. And there are many circumstances when pain is not okay. You know, if you had pain and pain is, uh, is literally, it feels like it's ripping your soul from your being. Chronic, destructive, abusive, uh, uh, pain that is poisonous to your very core pain that is happening to you on a regular basis and you have no control and it causes you to destroy all aspects of your life like you cannot sleep, you cannot think, you cannot work, you cannot activate your, your body into action. Well, here I'm here to tell you that that kind of pain is not okay. That kind of pain is the kind of pain that you need to, to, to take action to remove or and transform in your life. So uh, there are elements of pain that it would not be acceptable to feel, especially on a regular basis, okay? 
And then there are some elements of pain that is necessary to feel. And sometimes on a regular basis until you make a change, you make a shift, you have a transformation. And so if I look at it, if you, if you look at pain the same way that you might look at your financial stat, status, uh, your family's status financially, your personal financial abundance level, it's no secret, I don't think by now, that people should have multiple buckets of financial abundance. Uh, for example, you would have one bucket, put that bucket over here, that you label your growth bucket another bucket here that you might label your um, your productive bucket, things that you're using on a regular basis. Put this uh, other bucket out there that you will call your dream bucket. And put this other bucket on the other side over here and we'll call that your safety and security bucket. And then we'll put this other bucket out there and we'll say this is the just in case a pandemic hits the world bucket, okay? And so you have these multiple buckets of financial accumulation that occur in your life. And you use the growth bucket for the things that you desire that you are in your immediate radar. I want to do this personal development event. I want to do this educational seminar. I want to do this, um, this project. And I need to save in order to do this project, this thing, this whatever it might be. Your dream bucket might be, I'm saving for my vacation. I want to go to Italy. I want to spend X, Y, Z amount of time. And that's my dream. And so I'm going to quickly just stash money away very slowly and very religiously and very systematically and consistently until one day that my dream bucket has enough energy in it that I can utilize it to fulfill one of my dreams. Uh, the, the, the now bucket the, the bucket that is all about now, the financial bucket that is about today, the present day bucket, that's about paying your bills. That's about putting food on your table for yourself and for your family. That's about making the wheels of life turn for you on a daily basis so that when you wake up in the morning, you don't necessarily have the stress of, oh, how am I going to afford the day? The safety and security bucket is oh, just in case I have uh, hospital uh, bills, or I have, um, uh, you know, just healthcare. Obviously, health is such an important thing. We have literally shut the planet down because of uh, health um, potential, uh, questionable um, threats, and uh, and we, we we turned off the world's economy because we're we're that sensitive to protecting our health. Um, and then we have the, oh, just in case a world pandemic comes kind of bucket, I need to be stashing this way. And so when there is no economy, when there is no job, when there is no money moving anymore, when people are being put into slavery, I need to have some sort of capital so that I can protect myself and my family. I think everybody needs to have those buckets. And it's quite apparent now that that's a very important thing. So just like your finances have multiple buckets, your experience of pain should have multiple buckets. Because the problem is, though, is that everybody has pain and they throw it into what? One big giant bucket. And this big giant bucket has been created for you from the time that you were literally born. 
As a matter of fact, your mother might even tell you stories about how bad it hurt when you came into this world and how they did everything in their power. Now, this is not everybody, but they have done everything in their power to remove the pain of your existence from the initial part of their life. Now, that doesn't feel nice if you think about it. Well, I mean, in your adult wisdom, you could probably figure that out. But I wonder in a child's mind what that sounds like. Oh, you hurt so bad I had to get drugs. I don't know if it's necessarily explained, but what if it was? Do you think a child will understand the process? But what impact does that have on their perception of pain? Well, that perception of pain would be bad. We don't want to do that. This is not a good thing. I do not want to experience this in my life. Well, so how does that then translate into your adult wise mind? How does that pre-program who you become as adult and the wisdom that you're using as an adult to make choices? It starts early on. And then you, as you get older and you can read and you, you don't even need to read, you've got pictures, you've got videos that will quite queer, clearly show you that you can use this pill and when you consume this pill, the visual stimulus of somebody who is in pain disappears. The sun comes out, the grass grows, the fence gets whiter, the house gets clean, your family smiles instead of looking like they're suffering. You don't even have to understand the English language. You don't even have to be able to read. You don't even have to be able to hear. You can just see. And if you can't see, guess what? You can just listen to it. They'll explain it to you. And even when they tell you, oh, you can take this pill. It will help all your pain go away. And by the way, you may experience that your right foot will fall off. Your heart could stop. And you may even feel like you want to kill yourself. And they say it in such a nice, kind tone that it doesn't sound so bad, does it? And so all your pain is thrown into this pain bucket that you're taught at an early age from magazines, from TV commercials, from radio commercials, from newspapers, from watching the media. The media will just report on it. They don't know anything, anything different. Why should they? Their biggest sponsors are pharmaceutical companies that pay them to stay in existence and pay their employees to have jobs and feed their families. They're going to buy in every single day of the week. And then when it comes time for someone to have a little bit of pain, they run. You know, when I was young, uh, Still, I think it's part of our culture. No pain, no gain. That's the thing in the gym, right? So we're willing to do certain things, and the fitness industry has done a good job of no pain, no gain, but, and even that is changing. Even my perspective on that changes because it's the kind of pain that is no pain, no gain because there's different kinds of pain, and just like there's different kinds of abundance, there's different kinds of buckets for abundance. There are different kinds of buckets for your pain. In your abundance example, if you forgot to save for the potential 10,000-year pandemic that might show up, and you never had that actually happening, well, you'll be suffering right now, won't you? And there's many, many, many people on the planet who live check to check, or every other check to every other check, who still who have not saved. And there's plenty of people who have lived luscious, abundance, abundant lives, um, but still live check to check because they're spending it as fast as, it's come, as it comes in and they don't have those buckets. So uh, just like you have those financial buckets, you have these pain buckets 
And if you're experiencing pain, if you're experiencing pain from the point of view of uh, all of a sudden I have this issue in my life and I throw it into this one singular bucket, well, everything is in this issue, isn't it? Everything is in that bucket. And I haven't been able to separate it out. So in the fitness world, then you, if you're that kind of person, who wants to exercise? Because you know it's going to hurt. So you have to get over that. There's some part of that you have to, you have to buy into, the no pain, no gain. And then let me, let me circle back to the fitness people, uh, people who are uh, conscious and, and responsible and want to take care of their health and foster you know, health and well-being and vitality in their life. Um, and that buy into no pain, no gain. There are so, certain types of ba- pain you should not push through. Uh, there, are, there, there are certain types of things that are there that come up for you that say, hey, pay attention to this. You'll need to do some things to take care of it. And so what inevitably happens if you put all your pain into one particular bucket and you're experiencing um, fitness and you finally say, that's it, no pain, no gain. I'm going to change all the rules that I've ever learned as a, as a, from a child to my adult self. And I'm gonna, just going to go and kill it and I'm going to smash myself. Well, guess what? You kill yourself and smash yourself. And then you wind up working out until you get injured and you cannot. It prevents you from physically working out any further and then you stop then how many times have you done that cycle over and over and over again, only to always stop? Eventually, the cycle stops. You get older and you're like, look, that's it. My experience has been from that point, from doing those exercises, from doing all these different things in my life, that I will not be able to. This is not for my body. When in fact, it might be for your body, but the pain that you were experiencing was something there that was saying, hey, while you're doing this for yourself, while you're exercising and pushing your body and experiencing growth and doing all these healthful things, stuff has come up for you. You also need to do these other things to heal your body, to nurture your body, to recover your body, to take care of your physical form. And if you don't do those two things in perfect synchronicity, it doesn't even have to be perfect. It can be in, in some level of like stasis, where, where in equilibrium, where you're doing enough of the healing stuff to foster the capacity, the energy to be able to do enough of the growth stuff, enough of the challenge thing. So when you experience pain, the pain is a good pain. Instead of just saying no pain, no gain, any pain is bad, I'm just going to push through it all. That will be just self-limiting because eventually you'll get to a pain that's not good and will cause you to break down. Then you'll get a surgery. And then there's some people that have extraordinarily powerful will and they'll get multiple surgeries. I have patients who have had multiple, multiple, multiple surgeries because they bought into no pain, no gain, and they were unrelentless in their, in their, in their um, passion for attaining the state that they were looking to attain. Now, their willpower is fantastic. Their application is questionable only because it's perspective. They haven't taken the foresight to go, okay, hey, listen, this pain is not too good. What do I need to do to recover from these types of things so that I can do more, be more, feel better? Because when in truth, uh, push comes to shove, the truth comes out. And the truth is, if I ask you, what is your main ultimate goal? As you get a little bit wiser, your main ultimate goal is to live vitally. Okay, it's not just to have an amazing body. It's not just to have uh, tons of energy at any cost because you can just drink caffeine all day you'll have tons of energy but we all know that the cost 
will be a crash. Okay. So what is your ultimate goal? If you have the wisdom, you'll say that my ultimate goal is that I want to have this vitality. I want to have this energy, but I also want to be healthy and sane and be able to foster, you know, love and compassion and empathy and, 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 uh, and passion in my life and in the life of other people. Possibly depends on your, on, on how your wisdom point is, is on your timeline. Depends on how you move that wisdom point on your timeline. And there's a point in time where your total focus is, is vanity. Is total focus is on you. It's on your current life experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is I'm saying that pain is a perspective. And that there are different pain buckets that you need to put your pain into. And possibly may need some extra assistance from other people who have more experience, not, not necessarily with pain, but the process of managing the pain buckets to help you decipher the information. And I think, I, I think for the most part, we're all intelligent beings and conscious. So being an intelligent being doesn't necessarily mean that you're conscious and intelligent at the same time. Being a conscious about being intelligent is, uh, is being able to step back for a moment and observe how you're living in your life and experiencing um, the things that are, you're experiencing in your life, be, step, be able to step back and observe your point of view. And then to say, well, is this point of view serving me or not serving me? To be able to step back and observe how it's all happening so you can make conscious choices. Uh, in, in some of my other podcasts, I have talked about the four stages of learning. Uh, unconscious, uh, uh, being the first stage being uh, not knowing that you don't uh, know. That's uh, what is that called? Unconscious incompetence. There you go. Took me a second to figure that out to remember the, the the wordage. So you don't know that you don't know. That's the first stage of learning. I think that for most people, that stage is apparent in many different things in their life, especially new stuff. Eventually, you move to stage two. Once you move to stage two, you realize that you were in stage one because you don't know what you don't know. That's stage one. Stage two is you finally realize that you don't know. That's conscious incompetence. You're consciously aware that you're incompetent at something or have incompetence in the wisdom of something, knowledge of something, intellectual information of something. So one day you wake up and go, ha, oh, I didn't know that. You just taught me something. I needed to try that. Then you can move to stage three. If you have persistent and persistent willpower and you're consistent, a little bit of relentlessness will take you to stage three where you become consciously competent. So you learn that new skill, you take on that new information, and then you apply it in somewhere in life. So at one stage, you're a child. You don't know how to add numbers together. You have no clue that you have to learn how to add numbers. Then eventually someone goes, that'll be, five, that'll be $4, um, little boy, little girl, for this uh, piece of gum that you want to purchase. And you think all of a sudden realize that, how do I get to $4? You have to learn how to add numbers. Someone shows you and then you all of a sudden go, okay, I'm going to go buy that piece of gum. I need to put that knowledge into application and I'm consciously becoming competent with the information stage three. So stage three, I start to say, okay, I'm going to add these numbers together and this is how I'm going to do it. And then someone says, well, I'll need, uh, if you want to purchase all 20 of these items, okay, well then um, you'll have to add all 20 of these things up and the math becomes more difficult and you quickly drop back to stage two 
or you're not necessarily, you're conscious that you don't know how to do it. Maybe it requires you to add a percentage. I'm going to give you 30% off of this particular piece of gum. And then you have to go, oh my God, I didn't learn how to do percentages. I don't know what to pay you. And now you're back in stage two. So it's a constant dance between, between stage two or between any stage where you dance back and forth until you have some level of mastery. And eventually, and it may not be with math because with math, I often use calculators for simple equations just because my brain doesn't process like that, especially if I'm busy doing other things in my head. But when you move from stage three, you move from conscious being consciously competent, okay, to going to stage four where you're unconsciously competent. So you just walk in and someone says, it's going to be 30% off of this item and this item is going to be this much money and these other 10 items are going to be this much money. And then you say, okay, well, that's easy. That's going to be $25. And then you hand them the money because you automatically know how to process the information. You didn't have to step back and think to yourself, how do I process that information? What are the things that I have to apply to get there? So going through the stages of learning is just like that in all aspects of our life, including how we deal with pain. And so next time you have pain, you can go, okay, well, what bucket does this pain belong into? That's a great question. What bucket does, does this pain belong to? Does it belong to the, the bucket that says, I should never, ever experience this? Does it belong in the, the bucket that says, hey, listen, it's here for a reason. You should pay attention and have someone help you with this. Is it there and, and then you ha experience this pain and does it belong in the bucket that, yeah, now, uh, now that I know that I feel this, I know I'm getting results kind of bucket, okay? No pain, no gain bucket, right? Because not all pain belongs in the no pain, no gain bucket. There's different types. How to learn the different types? Well, it takes experience. It takes practice. It takes um, your willingness to maybe to listen to other people who understand the process. So I often have people that come to see me in uh, for body work, for healing, for uh, integration work, where we're integrating their being, all aspects of their being, their physical form, their mental, emotional form, their energetic form, their spiritual form, and then integrating those forms so that they work in synchronicity with how they want to experience life. And then eventually through that work, they learn how to experience life and amplify the levels at which they experience life. And then when they amplify how they experience life, their integration amplifies along with it. So they, I'm constantly coaching people. This is an okay pain. Just breathe. Feel it. Where does it feel? Where do you feel it? Where does it go? Uh, I may also just suggest to people at times, is this pain like you're, because, is this pain happening in you because there's a problem? Or is this, is this more than just a pain thing? I may suggest to them that, you experience pain in a certain way because of the, the question that you, that you ask yourself about the pain. I'll give an example. Um, if you're experiencing some sort of pain, the natural organic question that you'll ask yourself is, uh, what does this feel like? Okay, so think about it. You have s some pain in your body. You go, oh, what does this feel like? This is the internal question. You may not ask, ask it in those exact words, but you'll ask it nonetheless because the natural answer that'll come from that kind of question is going to be, it feels sharp, it burns, it's a dull ache, it throbs, okay? It's a tearing pain, right? Well, you can only get to those types of answers by asking a type of question that would preclude you to getting the answer. 
let me give you the example to take you to a different answer. If you were to ask when you're experiencing pain, instead of asking, what does this feel like? Instead, if you ask the question, how does this make me feel? Well, that will lead you to quite a different answer. So if I'm experiencing pain, let's say somebody's working on my body and they're digging their elbow into the side of my thigh, okay, and opening up adhesions and, and fascial tension and releasing uh, constriction that is in the tissue. And, uh, and then I'm experiencing pain from that. And if I say to myself, oh, what does this feel like? Internal, internal question. Well, it hurts like hell. It, you know, makes me, uh, oh, it's even, even uh, you get so good at it that you, that you, it's hard to just ask a question when you know that the question is a low quality question. So what does this feel like? It hurts. It's sharp. It burns. It feels like uh, this person's elbow is going to come through. It's going to break my bone. Okay. Otherwise, you could ask a question. Goes, oh my god, this is this is very very pain. This hurts. It hurts like crazy. What? How does it make me feel? Oh, it makes me feel nauseous and gross and disgusting, and it makes me feel angry. And it's actually quite humorous. So there can be many emotions, okay, behind the, the sensation that you're experiencing of pain, and the deciding factor on how you come up with an answer is all relevant to the question that you're asking when you're experiencing the pain. So all kinds of pain, emotional pain, okay? You're in a uh, situation where you're stressed because you're, you're maybe let's say um, at the time that I'm, I'm creating this podcast, we're in the, <laughs> in the middle, we're not at the end of a pandemic, we're still smack dab in the middle of a pandemic that is, uh, the world has decided to use as an excuse to shut things down and tighten controls of the planet. And um, there's lots of pain there's lots of people that have lost a ton of financial um, momentum in their life and their, for their family. There's people that are in fear of uh, survival. Um, there are people that uh, have lost uh, their job that they're passionate about, that they love. Um, there are people now having to take on jobs that they don't love just to make extra cash so that they can survive, that their family can survive. And so there's plenty of emotional pain, so stress pain. So if you can say the stress pain, you say, uh, um, what does this feel like? It just feels like it'll never end. It just feels like it's going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm not worthy. It just feels like uh, it's, it's, it's all happening to me and people hate me. It just feels like, it, it just hurts me. It just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it feels hopeless. And these are the types of things that'll come up with when, that you'll come up with if you were asking, what does this feel like? Okay. Um, but if you were to change the question, how does it make me feel? Then you might say, well, it makes me feel a little insignificant. It makes me feel as though I don't mean much. It makes me feel like uh, I'm afraid. It makes me feel like that I'm not loved. Uh, and then, then, the process go through emotional. So what's the difference then for processing it when it becomes an emotional component as opposed to a physical component where, oh, it hurts, it burns, it throbs, it aches. Oh, it makes me feel afraid for the future. It makes me feel uh, as though I'm not good enough. Um, when you're experiencing that and you move it into an emotional space, you don't get rid of the physical thing. It's the physical thing is still processing in there. You're still asking the question. You're just adding the other question in. What is, how does it make me feel? What does it feel like? 
Well, you add the how does it make me feel, and all of a sudden you open up the doors for different perspectives. You open up the opportunity to make a shift. You open up the potential for new possibilities because you're not just stuck in one perspective. So as soon as you open it up to multiple perspectives, if you're experiencing a physical pain or a mental emotional pain or some sort of, how's that work? I mean, it's just physical, mental, emotional. Even if it's chemical, it's physical, right? So if you're experiencing that in multiple layers, well, then you have multiple perspectives and it's not multiple pain. It doesn't amplify the amount of pain. Rather than that, it takes you closer to a cause of what the pain is extruding from you. So if someone's physically working on, let's use the example that I was having my thigh worked on by somebody and I'm thinking, I I just feel gross. I feel, you know, uh, I I feel, I I feel disgusting while this is happening. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts like his elbow is going to break my leg, but it also feels these other, I also feel these other things. Well then, you know, also that muscle tissue is, has, has energetic and neurological um, so when I say energetic, I also mean neurological, electrical connections to your elimination system. And so there's feedback actually happening there. There's real tangible feedback that will literally connect to those areas of the body. So when you make the internal emotional connection to the physical feeling that you're, that you're feeling, rather than just the physical connection to the physical feeling, well, then all of a sudden the possibilities open up because your focus moves not just into the physical realm, but your focus moves into the emotional realm, into the spiritual realm, into the energetic realm so that you become whole. And in your wholeness, you're capable of solving many of your most difficult challenges. It's in your, it's in your separateness Okay, when you separate your physical self from the mental emotional self, from the energetic self, from the spiritual self, in your separateness that you suffer, and it's in our wholeness that we find solutions to our own desires of growth, where we want to go in the world. Wow. Okay. So, complicated conversation about pain. Let's just kind of summarize that a little bit. Not all pain belongs in the same pain bucket what we need to do is work on finding different buckets with different labels and start to sort the types of pain that we're experiencing that's step number one this way you experience pain like i touched something hot ha okay great okay well that wasn't bad that wasn't a bad pain that was like i just saved myself from frying my hand off pain okay great all right, well, it hurts now. Well, I, lo- I learned that lesson. Let's not do that again. And, they t- and, and we often use that with our children. Let them burn themselves because then they'll learn. Eh, look, I don't really like that because you, a child can have some serious injuries, a serious, serious consequence that can change their life forever because you wanted to teach them a lesson about pain that not all pain is that, that they, they have to be more responsible. Sometimes you just need to talk to them and explain rather than have them experience. And yeah, that's right. Sometimes they will experience pain without your knowledge. However, it is, I think, vitally important when it comes to children that you do not utilize 
the age-old ideas of that's all right. It'll teach them. All their actions have consequences. They need to understand that. Yes, and what I like about that idea is there are many circumstances where that will produce amazing results for them. Well, by experiencing the actual pain, by experiencing the consequence of their action, that they will then learn the lesson. There are many times. But if you, even if you do that without employing wisdom, without teaching them, if you just allow them to experience it, but don't provide the wisdom, and I told you so is not wisdom. But if you do it without the wisdom, they'll just do it again. It'll become hateful. It'll become resentful. And they'll be rebellious. Instead, sometimes they need to have an understanding, a physical understanding that their actions have consequences. And sometimes you should not let them put their hand in a fire. Okay. You should not allow them to drink acid. Okay. Because you want them to learn a lesson of consequence. Sometimes you need to employ wisdom. So remember. Not all pain belongs in the same pain bucket. We need to create different buckets for our pain. The second thing is, is that we need to ask better quality questions when it comes to pain. We need to ask ourselves a question that allows us to give an answer of a higher caliber, of a higher quality. What does this feel like is very low quality. feels like someone's sticking a nail in your arm. Great, wonderful. What benefit did that question or the answer have to you in your life? Well, you could argue that I won't do it again because that's what it feels like and that was bad. Or you could argue that in the instance that you're using it is, is that, well, it did nothing. It did nothing except make me want to run from it. Instead, I should ask, how does it make me feel? Because of the circumstance. Maybe it's not a nail in your arm. Maybe it's just someone helping you to alleviate tension because you have golfer's elbow or tennis elbow and you need to get help so you can continue to play golf or play tennis and you're avoiding it because it feels like someone's putting a nail in your arm, but you need the help. So you put the pain in a bucket that causes you to run from it instead of putting it a pain in a bucket that causes you to find solutions so that you can become an integrated being so that you could equalize integrate yourself into the into your life experience not separate yourself from it so not all buckets are created equal find buckets and place your pain into different buckets see them for what they are don't try to lump them together even when you're using your will power which is very powerful no pain no gain example the second thing is not all questions are created equal either. So what question are you saying to yourself? You may not be physically like actually saying the exact words, but when you come up with an answer, the answer will be reflective of the quality of the question. And if you've got really shitty answers, it's only reflective of the really shitty question that you asked yourself. So improve the quality of the question and you'll get a better answer. And then the third thing is, is find other people that can help you decipher the information. Find other people that you can trust that can help you find solutions or impart wisdom so that you can understand it rather than taking drugs to run from it. 
maybe sometimes you need to move towards your pain, your fear, rather than run away from it. It's the number one cause of people not accomplishing the things in their life that they really, really want to accomplish because they're afraid and that fear is pain. And instead of running towards it, they run away. And they're constantly in a process of recognizing the pain and then running away. So then they never accomplish what they want. They never have a conversation with the boss to ask for a raise because it's too fearful and too painful to do so. So they never get it. They never approach a new opportunity. That happens all the time. So careful what you wish for in a way. Because if you wish for all your pain to go away, that just puts you in a situation where everything that you experience is bad. Different buckets, better questions, yes? And, and remember that sometimes you need to move towards and not away. Okay, everyone, short podcast for today. Much love. See ya. Bye.